we are going to welcome our gift from God for today, Charity Campbell, who's been here with Kathy for this whole weekend, and many of you have been able to be part of some of those meetings. Uh, the last one is tonight at 6.30 over at Ignite Church. I'm so grateful for this weekend because it's a collaboration between churches. You know, we live in a region where there's so much competition between churches. We don't believe in competition. No. We believe in collaboration. We're all part of the same family. And so I uh, encourage you to come on out tonight as well. But we have a special treat this morning because Charity is here. And we are going to give her complete freedom to do whatever God wants her to do. So if you want to preach the word, if you want to prophesy, if you want to heal the sick, raise the dead, you can do whatever you like. And we're so glad you're here. Bless you. How about all the above? <laughs> I couldn't help but think of the scripture, double for your trouble. And uh, sometimes God does amazing things in moments we're totally not expecting. And I'm so thankful to hear your testimony that you have that connection and you feel at home. And, you know, sometimes God takes us out on a journey like Abraham and he just kind of says go and you're not too sure what's next. But he's faithful. He's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. And he knits you with amazing people. It's been an incredible journey for you. But God is amazing. And hearing that testimony is also awesome. Um, I'm sorry, I'm going to put this down for a second so I can help mark myself. Um, my name is Charity, for those of you who don't know. Uh, I'm the oldest of four. I grew up a pastor's kid, a PK. So I saw a lot through the years um, and have had an amazing journey. And some people have asked me, well, how long have you been in ministry? And I always say, uh, as long as I can remember. <laughs> That, that was my life, um, is my life, and continues to be, and so I'm very thankful for that. Um, you know, I, the very first thing I want to say is thank you to the Father for this opportunity. He's a good Father, and he opens doors, and when he does, we want to be faithful to walk through. I also want to thank Pastor Mark and Jane for this opportunity uh, to be here this morning, and I know there's no coincidence because we have an intentional God. He does things intentionally, and uh, this morning during worship, um, I asked the Lord, what are you doing here today? And what is it that you want to speak? And I have a little prophetic bent, if you didn't know that already. Uh, so I'm always asking God, what is the word that you have for this church at this time? I don't want to just bring something. I, I love the word, so I could, but I want to ask him, what are you saying right now? Now, this morning I saw this huge wing over the sanctuary, over us, and it was like creating a shadow. And instantly, Psalm 91, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow. And so we are here with him this morning. He's here with us, and I feel very thankful. And, um, you know, one of the things that I, I started thinking about, um, and there's a lot that's in my heart this morning to share with you, but... Um, I wanted to start out saying I, I went to the nations from the time I was 12 years old. I love nations. And my dad took me on my very first trip to Africa when I was 12, and it shook my world, and it was like an addiction to traveling. And I loved it. I loved seeing people minister to, set free, and all of that. Now I can remember, fast forward a few years later, and I'm at this one conference, and the whole thing is talking about love and how we need to love better, and when we're outside of the church that we still have those eyes of love, that we're not just, you know, doing our thing in here and feeling it with each other in God's presence, but we're carriers of his presence, so we bring it wherever we go. So I was getting, like, pumped up from the conference, and I'm in the airport, and I'm thinking, I'm going to do that. I'm going to practice by looking at people and just smiling with the love of God, and so I totally saw this woman from a distance, and I thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick her. And so I'm smiling, and I kind of wave, and as I got closer, I realized I was waving at a cardboard cutout. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that was embarrassing. <laughs> and the crew that I was with, well, they started laughing, and they said, good practice, but uh, let's find a real one next time. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> you make little bloopers along the way, right? But at least we're trying. We're, we're stepping out. And, um, you know, I was thinking about another time where uh, my dad actually was in a country and, and he was with an interpreter. Well, the interpreter had to go take care of something. And so he's waiting and this tribe 
is waiting to hear what is God saying. And they're waiting, and my dad said, you know what, I'm not going to wait for the interpreter. I am just going to speak English, present the gospel to them, and see what God does. So he does that. And the interpreter comes back, everyone's crying, everybody's hugging each other, and he said, what happened? He starts talking, and then he said to my dad, what did, how did you learn the language like that? And he said, no, I just spoke English. And he said, well, you just presented the gospel, and every one of them just became believers. Wow. And so it was an, a pivotal moment. See, when we spend time with God, there is really nothing he can't do. That's right. And he knows how to work with us when we don't feel like we have the stuff to give. And I think it's important to realize that, you know, when you don't know the language, when there's things, there's barriers. That's what we call them, right? A language barrier. But there isn't really in the spirit. And so when we speak spirit to spirit, something is transforming in our life and lives around us. Now, I want to take you to a scripture in Romans. And you might be wondering, you know, what are we going to do today? What's God speaking today? And in Romans chapter 15, starting in verse 4, it says, For whatever things were written through were written for our learning, that the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. So as we're looking at scriptures, they give us comfort and hope. God said that that's one of the reasons he gave that to us, so that we can have the comfort of hope in his word. Amen? And one of the, the things that... You know, I, I went into the restroom, and right on the wall says, Bind my wandering heart to thee. I love that song. It's one of my favorites. And prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. But bind my wandering heart to thee. And I think that through life, there are things that happen, and sometimes our heart is prone to wander someplace else. But we have to wander back in where we belong, in his presence. There is that fullness. I want to talk about a guy in the book of Numbers, and that's where I'm really going to turn. I took you to Romans just to say, hey, we have hope, yep. and it's in his word, and he wants to speak to us this morning. In Numbers chapter 22, this is kind of a, an interesting story. If you don't know this one, this is one of my favorites because I think it's so crazy, so bizarre, and yet so profound. And in Numbers 22, it says, And the children of Israel moved and camped in the plains of Moab and the side of the Jordan across Jericho. Now Balak, the son of Zippor, saw that all had Israel had done to the Amorites. And Moab was exceedingly afraid of the people because there were so many. And Moab was sick with dread because of the children of Israel. So Moab said to the elders of Midian, now this company will lick up everything around us as the ox licks up the grass of the field. And Balak, son of Zippor, was king of the Moabites at the time. So he's the guy in charge. He's got to fix his problem. Then he sent messengers to Balaam, the son of Beor of Pethor. Well, see, I don't know how to say all this, but we're just pretending I do. Okay, which is near the river in the land of the sons of the people to call him. And he said, look, a people has come from Egypt. See, they cover the face of the earth, and they're settling next to me. He doesn't like that because he saw what they did already. Therefore, please come at once, curse this people for me, for they are too mighty for me. Perhaps I shall be able to defeat them, drive them out of the land, for I know that he who you bless is blessed, and he who you curse is cursed. Now that right there is pretty amazing. When this guy speaks, something happens. It is not just he prays a prayer and hopes for the best. He knows when he blesses something, it's blessed. And if he curses something, it's going to be cursed. Why is that? Well, God said to him not to speak anything unless he said to do that. So that's a, a key right there for us to keep in mind. When we want to walk in his will, we can't speak something unless he's given it to us. And we cannot curse something, no matter our opinion, no matter how much is being offered to us to do something that's outside of the will of God. Now, this is pretty amazing. There's a scripture that says a curse cannot alight, right? So when you look at this passage of scripture, you kind of see a little bit of that coming through. And if you go down to verse 22, well, I'm going to back up, actually. We're going to go to verse 20. God came to Balaam in the night and said to him, if the men come to you to call you, rise and go with them. But only the word which I speak to you, that you shall do. So Balaam rose in the morning, saddled his donkey, and went with the princes of Moab. What did God say to him? He said, if the men call you, 
Well, what did he do? He just kind of said, well, I'm going to bypass all that because I know they're going to call me anyway. They're already here. They already have gifts. They've already been here. So let's just move on here and move to the next thing, which I know is going to happen anyway. So he gets up. Then God's anger was aroused because he went. You don't want to be on God's bad side. (laughs) And the angel of the Lord took his stand in the way and was an adversary against him. I'm sorry, what? God was an adversary against him because of disobedience? Yeah, this is a really amazing journey that this guy is on here. Now, the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way and with his drawn sword in his hand, and the donkey turned aside out of the way and went into the field. So Balaam struck the donkey to turn her back to the road. Then the angel of the Lord stood in the narrow path between the vineyards with a wall on each side and a wall on that side. And when the donkey saw the angel, she pushed herself against the wall and crushed Balaam's foot against the wall. So he struck her again. Then the angel of the Lord went further and stood in the narrow place where there was no way to turn either to the right or to the left. So he's kind of putting him in a box. And the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, and she lay down under Balaam. So Balaam's anger was aroused, and he struck the donkey with his staff. It's a lot of striking. (laughs) Then the Lord opened the mouth of the donkey, and she said to him, What have I done to you that you have struck me these three times? And Balaam said to the donkey, Because you have abused me. I wish there was a sword in my hand, for now I would kill you. So the donkey said to Balaam, am I not your donkey on which you have ridden ever since I became yours to this day? Was I ever disposed to you and to do this? And he said, no. And the angel of the Lord opened Balaam's eyes and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way with his sword drawn in his hand and he bowed down and fell flat on his face. So a donkey talking to him doesn't cause him to fall flat on his face. It would me. (laughs) But when he sees the angel of the Lord, okay, there's where he falls. Makes you wonder if this donkey has ever talked to him before because he doesn't seem to be very surprised by this. If I hear a donkey talking to me, I am for sure going to be freaked out. (laughs) Okay, but what is the, the thing the donkey says? Because it's important. God opened its mouth. So he has a message. And he says, the donkey says, what have I done? Have I ever done this to you before? And he says, no. You see, when we're looking to have our way and we're a little bit out of sight of what God has asked us to do, it can blur our perspective and we cannot even see the very thing that's in front of us, the protection of God that's on our life and the faithfulness of ones around us. We miss it. This donkey says, what, have I ever done this to you before? No, but I still want to kill you. <laughs> what? <laughs> you see, anger does something in us. That thing will drive us in the wrong direction. And we have to be sensitive to what God is doing. You know, in different moves of God, if you look through history, a lot of times it's those offenses. It's those little things that come in, and it puts us in the wrong direction. And we have got to keep in check those little things. And when God speaks to us and he says, if they call you, then it's so important that we understand the if and the then. We have to understand what is the Spirit of the Lord saying right now? What has he asked of us? And we walk out those obedience, not in a place of, well, it's going to happen anyway, so what difference does it make if I do it now or later? He said it's going to happen, so. But he has a time and a season for everything. And when we step outside of that, who knows, but a donkey might talk to us. (laughs) If you see a donkey talking to you, it might not be a good sign. (laughs) There might be an angel standing in the pathway. Now, Balaam's foot was crushed. If an animal crushed my foot, that's not going to feel great, okay? I might also want to kill the thing. (laughs) What are you doing to me? But here, this man has this pivotal moment, and he falls on his face. And what is the clear thing that God tells him again? Do not say anything unless I speak to you. That's the bottom line message. And God is making it very clear to him what he is to do. And then he is being called on to curse the people that God says, that's not going to happen. Don't you love that about him? We're his people. And even when the enemy tries to come in and bring curses, 
God steps in the path and he sends people to bless us, to encourage us, to strengthen us, and to bring us on a journey we weren't even looking for, we weren't even anticipating. Now Balaam said to the angel of the Lord, I've sinned, for I did not know that you stood in the way against me. Now therefore, if it displeases you, I will turn back. Notice how obedient he became right there. <laughs> well, if this was a problem, I will totally turn back and we can start over. Can we do a redo of this day? Because this did not go well. <laughs> and he's now ready to go back. But God is telling him at this point, now we're going to move forward. And I think it's very important that, you know, we kind of double check ourselves again with the Father. Okay, are we good here? It, do you want me to go back? What do you want me to do at this point? Because I, I kind of crossed the line now. And so I'm not sure, is it better to go that way or this way? God gives him clear direction yet again. And then Balak said to Balaam, do I not earnestly send you calling for you? Why did you not come to me? Am I not able to honor you? You know, he's saying, even if you gave me a whole house full of silver and gold, I am only going to speak what God says. Now, that's a lot of money. He's a king that's offering this to him. So it's not a small thing that he's being offered. Like, think of the best job, the best car, the best house. Like, here, just curse them, and you can have it all. Doesn't that sound a little bit like Satan with Jesus in the desert? Just do this, and you can have it all. Well, he wasn't going to bend his knee. He just learned a valuable lesson. Nope, I'm going to do all the will and purpose of God. Now, if you jump into chapter 23, I'm just going to take you here because this is another thing that begins to happen. And the Lord met Balaam and put a word in his mouth. Yeah, man, you just stop and think about that right there. God put a word in his mouth. We become the oracle of God. We have to steward what he puts within us and value what he's saying. And he says, go back to Balak, and thus you shall speak. So he came to him, and there he was, standing by with his burnt offering and the princes of Moab with him. And Balak said, what has the Lord spoken? Now this guy, if you read this, and I didn't take you there, he keeps building these altars, and he's like sacrificing. He's trying everything, like maybe this will please the king now, and, and he'll, he'll now curse the people that he keeps saying he's going to bless, but that's not what happens. Then he looked up and took up his oracle and said, Rise up, Balak, and hear. Listen to me, son of Zippor. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he not said, and will he not do, and has he not spoken, and will he not make good? Behold, I have received a command to bless, and blessed, and I cannot reverse it. He has observed iniquity in Jacob, nor has he seen the wickedness in Israel. You see that? God's covering over. Isn't that what he does for us? I don't see it. That's not what I see. And he begins, the Lord God is with him, and the shout of the king is among them. And God brings them up out of Egypt, and he had strengthened him like a wild ox. For there is no sorcery against Jacob, nor any divination against Israel. It must now be said of Jacob and of Israel, oh, what God has done. Look, a people rise like a lioness. And lifts itself up like a lion. It shall not lie down until it devours the prey. So what are we saying here? I mean, God is saying these guys are blessed and there's no curse. There's no witchcraft. There's nothing that can come in between me and my people because they're mine. And he begins to be territorial. They're going to be like a lioness. They're going to rise up to something and you can't stop it. These guys are understanding more of who they are based on what he speaks. That is sometimes what we need to hear, the voice of God over our own lives so that we know who we are in him and that we're not looking at our situation and thinking what if or how or all the questions that can come in our mind because it's so easy to go to that place. How many times in a day when we wake up are we thinking of something positive about ourselves? Do we wake up in the morning and we'll look in the mirror and I'm like, well, maybe after I shower it will be better. <laughs> or is there little things along the way that as we are going about our day that we are in tune with that and not thinking about who we are in Christ? Because we are carriers of him and we are carriers of his presence and there is blessing that comes from that. But what is it that the bottom line messages only speak what God says. Everything else, you know, I, I remember 
I think I might have been 10 years old. I was in a service, and, um, and I really didn't know too much about the prophetic, but I knew that God was, my heart was racing, and the Lord said to me, tell this person to don't stop praying. And I was thinking, well, I think that's not a very big thing to say. Probably everybody should not stop praying, but I don't know if I should do this. And that little war went on, and I walked up to this woman, and I said, I don't know if this means anything to you, but God just said to stop praying. Well, she fell to the floor and cried for about an hour and then came to me and said, she had just said to the Lord, it's not happening. I don't believe you anymore. I'm done praying. And then he sends somebody to say, don't stop. That little thing, and that's why it's so important that we only speak what God is saying. You know, I could have tried to come up with a better word, <laughs> something that sounds a little more profound, Something that maybe, but when we just speak what God's giving to us, the value of that is immeasurable. He has so much more for us to walk in, and it's his peace that passes all understanding. That's what guards our heart and our mind. When we have to put our mind on things above, that's what the scripture says. At last night, someone came up to me and they said, don't speak anything unless God gives it to you. And I was thinking, well, if that's not a confirmation for what I should share today, <laughs> I'm not sure what is. <laughs> but it didn't hit me right away. It hit me this morning as I was just reading the scripture, and I wasn't even focused on this scripture. And all of a sudden, I thought, whoa, God, you just spoke that last night, and I wasn't even expecting, I wasn't looking for that, and now it's hitting me. And I think that there are times that we can look at something and think, well, I want a bigger word than that. I want something different than that. I want to I do this. But what has God said? That's right. And that is the biggest, best thing that we can walk in. And I think sometimes, you know, like the Israelites, when you look at them, some of us could look and say, well, why do they keep complaining? Why do they keep repeating the same pattern? Hello, have we looked at our own lives lately? <laughs> Because we keep repeating something sometimes because what the testing of our faith produces. We're going to be tested. We know that. But James says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Uh, various? I would rather just one at a time <laughs> if I have to choose. You know, one at a time is nice. But uh, there's a whole variety of things that can happen at the same time. And, and those are the moments that there are the true tests of our faith. And if we say yes to him and only say what the Father's saying, you see, those moments are the most pivotal, right? Because when something happens, what is the temptation is to speak anything but what God said. Why did he have to do this? What is going on here? One of the people that I love and it is off this or away from this scripture is Daniel. Because whatever situation seems to be presented to him, no matter how challenging and how difficult and his very life being on the line multiple times, the guy doesn't panic. Well, when it came, I think it's Daniel chapter 2, the king Nebuchadnezzar has this dream and he's very disturbed in his spirit to the point that he says he's going to tear people's bodies apart. He's very crazy. <laughs> And he wants an answer of this dream. He wants it interpreted. And he wants you to tell him what the dream is. Daniel says, can you just give me a night? I need more time. And he goes and prays. Never underestimate the power of prayer. Spending time in his presence is where you're going to get the information that you need and the answer that we're looking for. And sometimes we are you know, not sure how God is going to work things out. But here we see the key is just whatever God is saying. You may feel like I'm repeating this, but I am, because it takes us about, what, seven times before we hear it? <laughs> so I might be on time number six. <laughs> so by the time we get to seven, it's going to lodge somewhere in there. If, if you don't think of anything else I say today, just that he only wants us to speak what he's saying. Our words are powerful. The scripture talks about it so many times. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. Those who love it will eat its fruit. Do you love him? Do you love what he has to say? That's what should be coming forth from our mouth. When people encounter us, they feel something different because out of the abundance of our heart, our mouth is going to speak. What are we speaking about? What are we talking about? What is the constant flow of conversation that's coming forth from us? Is it him? Is it his word? Because it should be living on the inside of us. And now I want to take you over to Luke. And in Luke... 
Uh, it talks about in chapter six, and of course, usually I have all of my pages marked, and I didn't this time, but I think I can find this here. Yep, Luke 6, uh, 46 says, well, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things that I say? Whoever comes to me and hears my saying and does them, I'll show you who he's like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock, and when the floods arose and the stream beat vehemently against that house, and it could not be shaken, for it was founded on the rock. But he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation, and against the stream beat vehemently, and immediately fell, and the ruin of that house is great. You see, again, it comes back to just doing what he says. And when we do that, when the storms come, because that's what he's saying, the storms are going to come. And so when that happens, if you are built on that foundation, have you ever noticed that when you spend a lot of time in God's presence and then you go into a difficult situation, you're not as ruffled by it? And then other times when you're a little bit more dry and you walk into that, you find yourself just kind of reacting? Well, the more that we dwell in the secret place of the Most High, then we abide under his shadow, and that is a discipline you know, in Corinthians, it says, I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I preach to others, I myself become disqualified. We are preachers of his word. And there comes a point where we have to find the discipline of prayer and the discipline of spending time with him. And it's not discipline like your parents discipline you growing up. It's a discipline to walk that out. And I started thinking as I was looking at this scripture, God gives us a, a couple things here that he wants us to do. He wants us to, to come to him, to hear him, and then to do it. That's what he wants. We, he wants a relationship with us, not just, you know, if, if my mom, I could be in a crowd of people. If my mom says my name, I can hear her voice. I know because I've heard that voice so many times. Hey, chair, and I'll turn around. I know because I've heard that voice. Imagine if we're so in tune with what God is doing that as soon as he calls us, no matter what crowd of people we're in, we hear it. Then we're responders, and we do it. And, you know, there's a, a story that I want to share with you is that one, uh, there was a point, I think I might have been like 13, maybe 14, um, and my dad said, do you want to go with me to a country and, and smuggle in Bibles? I said, yes, I do. <laughs> well, that story, I'm going to kind of take you through a, a quick version of that. But we came into a, a room where there was a huge map of what was taking place and where the locations were. And it was very detailed to get into this building. You had to, there was a, a front, a store and all that. And then you get into these secret room and then you're inside and now you're packing Bibles on your person. And that suddenly hit me, what am I doing? And they put some Bibles on me, and I was thinking, I don't think I can do this anymore. I think I'm not ready for this. Because they said if you get stopped and questioned, you know, you could be interrogated for hours. And you never give up any of this information that you saw. And I thought, well, what does that mean, interrogated? <laughs> like, are they going to kill me kind of thing? Because this is where I'm not sure. Well, my dad thought that I was with some people that were hosting, and I thought that he knew I was not. So I figured he thought I could do this, so I'm going to do it. Well, I was with an Indian pastor and two Mennonite pastors who still were wearing their Mennonite clothing. So they did stand out just a little bit. So I thought, well, they're probably going to get stopped because it's pretty clear what they're doing. And they did. And I started praying in myself that, well, nobody gave me instructions that once I cross the border, what do I do with this bag of Bibles? Well, I had a suitcase, and you're supposed to make it look like it's super light, like a carry-on, but it was not. And so I was carrying it, and I got up to the counter, and I look, and the Mennonites are being taken into the office, and we all don't know each other. And I come up to the counter, and the woman says, what are you doing here? I said, well... I am thinking of coming to school here at some point, and I would just want a tour. Without your, fa your father? Your father's here in country. Yeah, but I want to do it myself so that if I do, then I know how to do it myself. Oh, okay. What are you going to go see? I'm not sure. I just want to tour this place. And then she says, okay. 
and off I go. And I thought, well, I made it. And then I get past and I look and there is a table here with three men watching this table over here, which you have a scanner like the ones at the airport. You put your bag up and I thought, well, that's the end of my story because once they see what's in the scan bag, I am done. So the, the Indian pastor, he goes through and they pull him aside and they start questioning him. Then they take him into a room. I put my bag up there and I said, God, you know my heart and I want to do this, but I don't feel like I'm ready for this and I can't be interrogated. So you're going to have to do something because I am panicking inside and I don't want to give up anything, but you know, I'm not a very good liar. <laughs> so I put my bag up on there and just as that my bag is going underneath and I am feeling sick, this woman screams out, you can't do that to me. This is, I have rights. And as she's screaming and making a scene, these guys over here shift their focus to her. And all these guys who are supposed to be watching this also look, and they all start talking, and they start getting up, going towards her, and my bag has gone through. I was like, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> so I pick up the bag, and I'm so excited, and I'm like, wait, what do I do now? <laughs> because nobody had a plan for me, because I wasn't supposed to be the only one going through, but here I am. And all of a sudden, I'm feeling a little bit nervous, and I hear someone say, you, you. And the Holy Spirit said, run. And I thought, run? Okay. I pick up this bag, and I just ran. I ran outside of customs, and I ran through. Meanwhile, there's guards chasing me. It was like something out of a movie. And I get out, and I blended in with all these taxi drivers and the crowds of people, and I said, okay, now what? And I waited, and, and I realized I can call the people. I have a phone number. So I call the people, and of course, the one time that you have the one coin to use to call, they don't pick up. So there goes my call. And I'm thinking, okay, what's next? So I said, Holy Spirit, I need your help. I didn't know what to do. You've led me this far, so what's next? And he told me, I want you to go back and sit on a bench and wait. I waited. It felt like forever, but I think it was only like two hours. I sat there, and I waited. All of a sudden... One of the guys from the team sits down next to me. He says, don't look at me. And I'm like, I'm not, gonna, I'm not looking at you. But you know what you want to do when someone says that? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> so he says, leave the bag, take my bag, which is empty, and go back in and, and follow the blue bus. I'm like, all right, I can do that. The other pastor from India, he's going to be waiting for you. So I get up. We just don't even look at each other. And I go back through customs and all of that. And I get to the other side. I find the Indian pastor only to find that every bus is blue. <laughs> they all go to different <laughs> places. <laughs> so the Indian pastor says to me, well, you're the one who saved the Bible today. Tell us which bus to get on. It's like, well, Holy Spirit, I hope I'm right. I pick you. <laughs> we got on the bus. We made it back. Well, when I got home, like to the U.S. of A., and I was talking, and there's so much more to the story of where I was staying, and there's so many details, but I'm telling you this for a reason. When I got home and I began to talk about what was happening and everything that happened, my dad took the mic from me, and he said, I'm sorry, what did you say? <laughs> and I thought that he knew I was on my own, and he thought that the people that were, we had gone with were taking care of me, and they weren't. They sent me solo. So he was like, uh, what happened? But the whole thing in my mind was that my dad thought I could do it, so I did it. That, for me, has been exactly how I feel about the Father. There are things that you are going to feel like, I'm not ready for this. I don't know if I can do this. But when we listen to him and we know that the Father believes in us, there's so much more that we can accomplish. You know, that confidence took me to places I didn't think I could go because he's with me. And I thought for sure, my dad thought for some strange reason I could do this and I did not want to disappoint him. That's how we should be with the Father. Father, if you think I can do this, I can do it. You see, when God blesses us, he's intentional. And when he tells us only speak what I am speaking, you might find yourself in a place that you're totally not expecting, doing things you never thought you could do but by the Spirit you're being led. And I could tell you countless stories of how I've seen God move and do things that I never anticipated, but that moment right there shifted me for the rest of my life. I could never be happy, satisfied doing other things than whatever God said because I saw firsthand the protection of God on my life.
that I could have ended up being interrogated. I could have ended up losing those Bibles, but because I heard his voice, and he was so gracious to me and did not put me through that <laughs> as a young girl, here I am today because he believes in us. He thinks we can do it. He's put something in front of us to accomplish. Amen? Amen. So I just want to uh, close this morning with a prayer over you that we'll just say yes. Whatever he says, we just, we're okay. We don't always have the plan in front of us full steam ahead. I didn't have a plan, but each step along the way, guess what? He does. Holy Spirit knows exactly what we need even before we speak it. You know, in Psalm 139, it says in your book are written the days fashioned for me even before there were any. God is so profound. The things that he does in us is so amazing. It's way beyond what we think. So, Father, I thank you for each person here. And, God, that you believe in us, that <laughs> when we don't always believe in ourselves, we don't know if we can do it. We don't feel like we have everything we need to accomplish what's in front of us to do. But, God, we see in your word that you are so faithful and that while ones may not have felt prepared all along the way, you were preparing them, getting them ready showing them that there was more in them. God, I can't help but think about David. He was coming to bring milk and cheese to his brothers, and, and he defeats Goliath. There are days that you have for us that we are busy going one direction, getting things done, and you're going to present to us something completely different. Father, we are asking right now that you would seal your word in our heart, that we would say yes to you, whatever the cost might be, whatever is presented in front of us, that we would be so in tune with your spirit to say yes to you, that we would walk in your ways, walk in that place of obedience in Jesus' name. You know, last night was an incredible meeting. And for those of you who were not there, um, you know, it was one of those times where some people were laughing, some people were crying, and I couldn't help but think about an Acts when it says, this is that, spoken by the prophet Joel. When they're not drunk, as you suppose, they're just very full of the Holy Ghost. When we get very full of him, I mean, sometimes there's that saying, you're full of it, right? But I want to be full of him. And everything he's doing, that's what I want to find myself doing. And that, you know, last night, as beautiful as, as that is, and we want to say thank you, Father, for that night, that he has new things every day. And whatever direction he takes us, Whatever path he has is a beautiful work he's working. He's doing things even when we don't see it. We sing a song about that. Even when I don't see it, you're working, right? Yeah. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. So in this room this morning, God's already been working some things, and he's, it's like he's integrating something in our spirit so that at the appointed time, we're ready. We've heard something, and it may not even be what I shared today, but you heard something from the Spirit of God this morning that he is working those details out. Is it okay if I minister to just a couple people? I'm sorry, I have just recognized the time. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, this girl here, I know I met you when I walked in, um, but I can't remember your name. Sarah. Sarah, from the moment that I, I looked at you, it was like I saw travel around you. And I really sense that God's going to take you on a journey that is completely unexpected. And all the plans that you've had have been good. But it's like you've been saying, God, it doesn't, something doesn't feel like it's quite right. I don't know what the next thing is, but I can feel there's a shift that's coming. God's already prepared you ahead of time for that shift. And when it comes, it's like I see uh, a paper coming in front of you, and you looking at it and thinking, is this it? And God is going to lead you in that place of knowing. It's like something of the deep calling unto deep, and you're going to know, and you're going to perceive the time and season you're in and walk that thing out. But I saw connections coming to you, and it's going to be so important that you hear what God is saying, because there is is a favor on your life and there are many invitations that can come but your heart cry is God what's your will I don't want to be caught up in anything else because I know what that can produce but God is taking you on this path it's like there's something that the Lord is doing of creativity being stirred afresh in you and that there is a design that he has for you to walk in and he has specific things for you to accomplish and so I saw the Lord just kind of breaking off the fear of the unknown and so, Father, I bless what you're doing. I thank you, God, that you have so many good plans for Sarah, that those things are good. 
And so we ask right now that you would take the call, the giftings within her to a whole new level, that she would understand by the spirit what you're doing, how you want to accomplish that, and even the path that you have in front of her to walk. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, this girl in the back, um, you're almost like right up against the door. Yep, you just turn around. <laughs> What's your name? Lisa. Lisette. Am I saying that right, Lisette? Okay, that's beautiful. Um, Lisette, I saw within you such a heart of compassion and the Lord stirring something fresh within you. And, you know, there was this morning I was listening to a song and it was saying, fire of God burn brighter in me again. And that really is your heart cry. You've been saying, God, I just want more. I don't want to be stuck. I don't want to be in this place, but I have to have more. And I saw dreams coming to you. You know, in Job, it says God can speak in one way or another, in visions, in dreams. God is doing something, even of that deep work of healing and restoration. I saw into your family line, there's some things that have just kind of felt uh, like it's not quite come together, but God is bringing some things together, and he's healing those broken places within your heart. And there are some dreams that the enemy wanted you to just shelf and walk away from, but God is pulling them back to the surface, and he's calling you up to that place again. And it was like knowing that there are he is the God of the angel armies, and there is nothing he cannot do. And so he's reawakening something on the inside of you to dream the impossible dream. You know, we sometimes say shoot for the stars. Abraham had a clear word about the stars. Yes. He would have more in number. And there is something so profound that God's doing right now, breaking off limitations that you have felt on yourself. Some of that has come from even when you were young, those limitations. But God is breaking off barriers and he's setting you free and he's going going to cause you to set your feet on the rock where you know that the storm can come but you have a sure foundation and so father i bless what you're doing i thank you for the gift that she is being here today i thank you for what she brings here for all of us i pray that you would strengthen her spirit soul and body in jesus name amen amen um annette did i say that um, and that I loved speaking with you before the service today, and I could really feel God's presence as you were talking, and I just liked hanging out with you, and I really felt like God wants you to know that there are people that are going to be drawn to you in this season, and they're just going to want to know about him. They're not necessarily going to come from a background of knowing him or having a preconceived idea, but I see you bringing them to the Father's heart and ushering them to that place of healing because you know what it is to be healed and to be set free. And the Lord is going to use you to release healing and to set captives free. And so, Father, I bless her. I bless even the work of healing that you have done within her life. God, I pray that you would continue to seal your word within her heart that out of her mouth would speak words of life, words of healing to so many. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Pastor Mark and Jane, I spent some time praying for you all this morning, and I was just saying to God, you know, what is it that you want to do at this time in their life? And what is it that you're accomplishing right now? And I really felt like God wanted you to know he is so pleased with your hearts. And it was just like he was saying, they're mine. And I felt God wanting you to know that there's a greater release of his presence that he's going to cause because you have cultivated an atmosphere even for him to come. And there is going to be recognition even within ones around you and outside of even these four walls that are going to see the work that God is doing. And I saw almost like a coming together. And there's some things that God's doing to work that out. It's like behind the scenes, he's bringing people in from unexpected places and he's going to knit their hearts to you and the vision is going to begin to increase and so father i thank you for what you're doing and i bless the work of their hands father i thank you that <laughs> their their hearts are so dedicated to what you have and i pray right now god that you would cause a fresh filling of your spirit your presence and God, I thank you that even within their hearts is a desire to go to the deeper places. And so I ask for a deep encounter with you in this place, again, that you would take them to new heights. In Jesus' name, amen. And um, I'm not sure if I'm supposed to call you Pastor Jane, but I'm going to. Uh, my mom talked about the sound. 
And that really stuck with me. As soon as she said it, it was like there was a sound that was released into you. And I could see the sound going. And it's not that you haven't had a sound before, but there is something that God is doing right now of releasing a sound to break open the atmosphere and that he's using you like an instrument in his hand and it is going to hit the mark. And you're going to see the prevailing love of God fulfill even the word of the Lord in season with what he's doing. And so Father, I bless them. I thank you for the gifts that they are. And God, I thank you for the encouragement they bring to so many. I ask that you would strengthen and encourage them in their faith in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Um, I just had one uh, other thing that I wanted to mention is uh, Mr. Fount Schultz. I just love you so much. And um, I didn't, I didn't want to cry, <laughs> but I was uh, thinking, you know, when my parents first began walking in ministry, one of the people that my mom often talks about is you guys. And how my sister, who's younger than me, um, just by a little less than two years, um, she was a baby, and your wife came and helped my mom, and you encouraged my mom and told her she had a call even before she knew what there was in her. And I really felt like this morning that I wanted to express to you the gratitude of you saying that has propelled them, but then I'm standing here today partially because of the work that you did and so thank you thank you for the words of encouragement and the words that you've spoken into many hearts and many believers and that God wants you even to know that there are some things that you've done you didn't even know the impact that you had but he's bringing it to the forefront so that you can see it and so father I thank you I thank you for this man I thank you for what you've done and I thank you for what you're going to continue to do in Jesus name amen Amen. Um, this man back here with the, the glasses. Yes, what's your name? Chuck. Chuck. Um, Chuck, there's a scripture in Daniel. I think it's chapter 6, if I'm not mistaken. Then this Daniel distinguished himself. And there is something that you have done to distinguish yourself, even in the midst of whatever environment you find yourself. It's like you want to make sure you're doing all the will and purpose of God. Daniel wasn't swayed by the culture around him, by what was the norm around him, he was going to make away what God had said and spoken to him. And so that's what I see the Lord doing in you is he's making a way for you and he's causing there to be a new freedom on the inside of you, even to express some of the things. It's like there's some things inside of you you haven't known how to express it, how to bring it forward, but I see God giving you the expression and that ability. And so, Father, I bless what you're doing. I thank you for your wisdom, your guidance, and understanding to him. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to thank you all so much for this morning, and I really believe that, you know, that God is, he's up to something. I, you, when you look at this passage of scripture that we looked at in Numbers, you know, God came to him and asked him a question, who is this among you? Well, I didn't read that today, but when God asks a question, he's up to something. So when he's asking us questions, he's up to something, and he's looking for something in us. And he wants our hearts to be responsive to him. And so I want to thank you all for just being open, whatever God wants to do, how he wants to work. And I bless you with the love of the Lord. And I thank you for this opportunity to stand before you and share what God put on my heart. May God richly bless you and keep you. Thank you, thank you so much, Charity. Wow. Our hearts have been touched. And uh, we're going to close it out in just a moment here. But I want to do two more things that I felt God put on my heart while Charity was finishing up there. The first is that if you feel, if you've been hearing yourself say to yourself, that stuff like, you know, the Bible's disappearing and I get through and no one else does, that hasn't happened to me, therefore I've missed it. You know, that's, that's, for the, that's for the charities of this world. And I'm, I'm on a, a lower level than that. I want to pray for you because it's a lie from the enemy. Okay? So could we close our eyes, please? And if you know that in some way what I just said has resonated in your heart and there's still that lie nagging at you, just raise a hand so I can include you in this prayer. I'm not going to expose you or, or put you out in front of anybody else, but I want to pray for you. 
Thank you, Father. So, Father, you've seen those hands. You can put your hands down again. Father, you've seen those hands. And for each one who has heard and to some extent believed that lie, that I've missed it, or that God passed me by, or that I'm on a lower level than the rest. I want to break the power of that lie right now in Jesus' name, and I declare over each one of you, you have not missed it. But God speaks to you by your name, and I won't use your name publicly because you know your name and God knows your name, but God speaks to you by name right now in your heart, and he says, I chose you. I named you, you have not missed it because I am at work in you right now to redeem every place where you have regret and to transform every place where you felt depleted and to bring fruitfulness into every place where you have felt barren and unfruitful. So I declare that now in Jesus' name that each one of you who raised your hand, and I, I believe there are at least two or three of you who didn't actually raise your hand, but you know this is you as well. Just say yes in your heart to God again, as you've done many times, because God is meeting you in this moment. And he's bringing fresh life to you right now. And so, Father, I bless that life to grow. And it's like Aaron's rod that budded. <laughs> It's like there's a miraculous fruitfulness comes when God touches you. And God is touching you right now and bringing fruitfulness. And then the second thing I want to do is to say, if you know that God wants more for you and he's been putting that thirst in you, please don't leave before you come forward and have someone pray with you. We've got lots of people here who'd be glad to pray with you. So if you know you want to just have someone agree with you briefly for more of God, come and stand up here in this space uh, as we're dismissed and we'd be honored and blessed to pray with you.